Are y'all ready for week number 42 of the Wait What series? The series that may never end. Um, this morning, I want to continue, and I, I just I, I want to set the groundwork because we're kind of in a sub-series in the major series. This is like our third week talking about the power of the word. And we live in a world where crazy stuff's happening. You're probably aware of this. God destroyed the people of Sodom and Gomorrah for doing what we are now teaching our kindergartners they can do. And um, that's a serious wait. What? And people say, wait, what? When they're going, wait, hold on, time out. I can't believe that's true. Or I hope it's not true. Or it's too good to be true. And we're seeing wait what kind of stuff happen. And I don't want us to be like the frog in the kettle that, yeah, it's happening, 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 happening. Because people are falling asleep, even in the craziness of what's happening in our culture in this hour. So, um, two weeks ago, this was our text, Ephesians chapter 4. And before I read it, everybody look, we talked about the fact that Paul said, the positions in the church of the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher, when those offices are functioning, the, the body of believers will be mature. They'll grow, and they won't lack anything. And two weeks ago, I talked about the fact that of all the offices right now, the one that is most needed, I think, they're all needed, but we're missing the office of the prophet. And I'm not talking about send $19 a month and you can, be, you can get my email as a prophet. I'm not talking about reading the crystal ball or the tarot cards type of prophecy. What we need right now is across our country in churches, men and women of God who will stand up and boldly proclaim the word of God. And that's what the prophet does. He speaks on behalf of the Lord. And um, so I, I want to just remind you again, that's where we are. And in this hour, two weeks ago, we talked about the fact that the title of the sermon was Black and White in a Rainbow World. And in a, in a world where the edges have been sanded off or, or the corners have been rounded off, we need some truth from God's Word. And we don't need a religious, legalistic, narrow-minded, conservative, half-angry this is what the word says. No, but we do need a balance of the word of God says this. And if the pulpit will see a revival of the word of God, the church will experience a revival in the pew. And the communities in the nation will be changed by the ecclesia, the church, the body of Christ. Can I get a witness? And so Paul says... If those things happen, we will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever that they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ. And so today, I want to talk to you for a few minutes about, the title of the sermon is, Cheat Codes and Pro Tips. Cheat Codes and Pro Tips. How many thank God for cheat codes? I mean, remember when you were playing Super Mario, skipping class in the 80s, and your buddy told you, jump up right here. There's a, there are coins here. You can get a life here. You're like, jump up where? There's nothing. And you jump up, boom, you hit your head on it, and you get a life, you know. And you discover all these things. Anybody remember playing Nintendo, Mike Tyson punch out? You get all the way. It takes you an hour to get to round 14. And, and, and it, you got to play it like, 20 hours a day to, to learn how to fight him in the 14th round. It's different in the 14th round. And then you find there's a code where you can go right to the 14th round and figure that out. Cheat codes, that's what they are. Pro tips, and that's what I want to talk to you about today. Like we were, I have, all of my life I have poured my cup of coffee and then I put cream in it. And and. For 30 years in our marriage, Candace said, Chuck, why do, you put, why do you pour your coffee all the way to the top and then try and squeeze cream in? Why do you do that? And then try to stir it. It's a real issue. Thank God we got delivered from it. And I'm like, because I just, I'm, 
I believe in abundance. You know? And uh, I was on a, a trip in Guatemala where the uh, young adults just came back from. And Josh Eisenberg was on that trip, and he said, PC, why don't you put your cream in first and then pour your coffee? And you won't overflow it, and you won't even have to stir it. That changed my life. <laughs> I, I had never thought of that. How many of you just got blessed? You've, you got it now, you know? And um, pro tips like that. Like, how many of you are aware like aluminum foil, it comes in that thing. You got to break it off. Get that. You got to get it started right, or it'll it'll. And and did you know that on the end of the aluminum foil carton, there's a little punch. If you press it in on both sides, it will become like a spool. Every Reynolds wrap box has that. How many of you are getting revelation right now? You didn't know that. People, pro tip, I want to give you some cheat codes. The day that we're living in, if our kindergartners are being taught it's okay to do the stuff that Sodom and Gomorrah was doing and got them destroyed, how many of you know we need some cheat codes? We need some pro tips, and they come from God's Word. A cheat code is generally a code, method, or device used by gamers, I love this, to advance levels, or, I love this one, to get other special powers. How many of you could use a little other extraterrestrial divine superpower? Come on, are you out there? Because that's what I'm talking about. That's what's available to us. And benefits in a video game. It could be a series of alphanumeric codes or keyboard combinations, which can give the gamers an added advantage over other gamers who do not use a cheat code. Cheat codes are not explicitly made known to the public. The term cheat code can also be used to denote anything a person does other than the traditional way of doing something for the purpose of winning or scoring above their competition. A couple weeks ago, I talked to you about black and white in a rainbow world and the need that we have to declare, speak, and teach the truth of God's word. And if we do that, the word will fulfill itself. We also talked about last week, truthless love and loveless truth. We only did it in the nine o'clock service because we had baptism at 11. But we talked about the woman at the well. What a beautiful story. A woman who was more dysfunctional than anybody in this room. A woman that was crippled by her brokenness. In a culture where you don't get married multiple times. She'd been married five times and was now shacking up with another man. She went to the well in the middle of the day because it was hot, knowing that's the only time she can go and be unseen and not have to answer. And lo and behold, when she got there, of all the people, it was Jesus. And he talked to her. And you talk about a wait. What? He said, would you, would you mind getting me a drink? And she, wait, what? Men don't talk to, especially like that. And I can see you're a Jew and I, I'm not. And Jesus said, oh, if you knew who was asking you, you'd ask me for a drink and I'd give you a drink and you'd never, you'd never be thirsty again. And she says, sir, I want that. And then he said, all right, here's, here's what happened. We talked about last now the door gets cracked open. Will you get real with God? And Jesus so gently, like a father, he goes, go get your husband. Knowing that's a lead in. As a counselor would say, how, how many layers can we pull back in this session? He said, go get your husband. And she's, here's the moment, she said. I don't have a husband. She got honest, hear me, truthful. And Jesus said, that's right. You've had five. And the one you're living with now, you're not married to him. And then she said, I can see you're a prophet. And that wasn't just because he read her mail. Hear me. 
When you get honest with the Lord, you get a new perspective of the Lord. And I don't, I don't want to re-preach a sermon that I enjoyed preaching and marinating on all week. But she, that lady went back and she told the man, the men in Samaria, the men. She's, the wives didn't want her talking to their man, but she told the men, I think, I'm, I think I've met the pro, I think I saw the Messiah. He told me everything I've done. They saw something on her face that made them go, we got to go see. Because there's something convincing in her voice and on her face right now. And they went and saw what she saw. And that chapter in John chapter 4, it closes. And they say, it's the men back speaking to her going, we saw what you saw. Thank God we saw it because you told us about what you had seen. What's the download? As we talk about cheat codes, pro tips, if you'll be honest with the Lord, when his word moves in close to your sore spot, you'll get a whole perspective, a new perspective about who he is and what he can do with that wounded spot. And when he heals that spot, he wants to change your whole village. Is anybody out there? I, I, I'm so tempted to go back and preach last week's sermon. But it, I know most of you, were, we were here celebrating baptism. But it sets us up. This is why we need black and white in a rainbow world. This is why we don't need truthless love or loveless truth. You see, the greatest problem in the church today is not loveless truth but truthless love. Truthless love is not love at all. It's ruthless. Truthless love appears compassionate, empathetic, tolerant, understanding, understanding, caring. Even truthless love can feel like love. Loveless truth, on the other hand, appears to be legalistic, mean-spirited, judgmental, insensitive. And this morning, I'm not advocating for either one of those, truthless love or loveless truth. I'm simply advocating for, hear me, absolute truth that is Holy Spirit revealed, Holy Spirit illuminated, truth that transforms. How many of you are thankful for the truth of God's eternal word? And you have been changed by it. The truth. In a day right now, we have a truth problem, brothers and sisters. And I know you know this. It's why some of you, come, many of you come to this church because we get honest with God's word. And we need to because we live in the day like Isaiah lived in. In, in chapter 59, Isaiah verse 14, you've probably heard this saying. You may not even know it's from scripture, but it says, truth is fallen in the streets. Some translate, truth is dead in the streets. Truth is gone, it's dead, and everybody can see it. That's the day we live in. But I want you to know, I'm, I, I want to take you on a little journey, a simple journey. This is a critical part of it. The prophet in verse 14 of chapter 59 goes, he laments, truth is fallen, it's dead. There's no justice. Men are celebrating evil. But he starts the chapter. Notice in verse 1, it says, listen. The Lord's arm is not too weak to save you, nor is his ear too deaf to hear you call. Why do I read that to start out with? I read it because I want everybody to know. Dr. Fauci, our president, the feds, the FBI, the DOE, nobody is more sovereign or in control than the God we are worshiping. The God we call Father. His arms are not too short. Verse 10 says, we grope like the blind along a wall, filling our way like people without eyes. The people of God, eyes. Even at brightest noontime, we stumble as though it were dark. And then it, I love, this is a picture of what it felt like among the living, we are like the dead. 
Our courts oppose the righteous and justice is nowhere to be found. Truth stumbles in the streets and honesty has been outlawed. Yes, truth is gone. You think the Bible might be able to address 2023? The message though, brothers and sisters, of truthless love does not have the capacity to engage the spirit of truth If the Holy Spirit of truth is also the Holy Spirit of love, then a truthless love can only impart an incomplete, inaccurate, deceptive understanding of the love and truth of Father God that redeems and regenerates. The Holy Spirit only engages at a point of truth, in truth, in order, to reveal the love of God, which does transform the human experience. Tragically, truthless love is devoid of truth and love and transformation and glory. And that's the experience of most church people in this hour. Well-meaning, sincere people, but no glory. No transformation, no revealed truth about the most powerful force on the planet, the love of God. How many of you say, oh God, send us your truth. Revive us with your truth. Send us, oh God, with a higher value of your word. Now, I want to take our text this morning. That was all pretty much review and intro But I have a brief word for you this morning. And I want us to look at a passage in 2 Thessalonians, which is where Paul talks a lot about the end times, the second coming of Jesus. Listen closely to what the NIV says in verse 9 of chapter 2. The coming of the lawless, lawless one will be in accordance with how Satan works. That's a whole sermon right there. Satan works covertly, powerfully, and people always underestimate his power. He will use all sorts of displays of power through signs and wonders that serve the lie. How many of you know demons, witchcraft, sorcery? There's power in that stuff. How many of you know that to be the truth? It's wicked, evil. Verse, he will use all sorts of displays of power through signs and wonders that serve the lie. Verse 10, in all the ways that wickedness deceives those who are perishing. Now listen closely they perish because they refused to love the truth in the last days not just tolerate or have knowledge of truth but they they didn't make it because they didn't love the truth cling to it cherish it treasure it it's one thing to do your devotions it's another thing to walk in intimacy with the lord So one thing to know the word, it's another thing for the word to know you. Are you out there? They perish because in this hour, the people who love the truth are going to be the ones to make it. Verse 11, for this reason, God sends them a powerful delusion so that they will believe the lie. A delusion, not just a, a powerful delusion. That's the spirit that's prevalent in our world today. And then verse 12, and so that all will be condemned who have not believed the truth, but they have actually delighted in wickedness or rejoiced in unrighteousness, some of the translations say. Now on to the three cheat codes. Before I do it, pinch yourself. A powerful delusion. Such deception. Everywhere we look, the matrix. This is why you hear me almost every week tell you, Jesus said in the last days, be careful that you are not deceived. I sense that the awesome presence of the Lord 
who's here to reveal how much he loves us. And he will protect us and give us discerning grace to see. Just break it down. We're living in a, a zombie drugs. We're controlling mass numbers of people in the inner city with what we call zombie drugs. AI that even, and I've talked to a couple, the, no company knows where it's going. This isn't like email. AI, and the way it's going to, it looks like it will fulfill many scriptures. And I know most of us don't know much about AI, but this isn't just a, a new form of social media or the internet. This is incredible when you break it down. We're dealing with, they're foreshadowing and telling, there's new variants coming. More vaccines and boosters. Psyops, like we're living in a sci-fi movie. Disinformation, misinformation. And another Highly contested election 14 months from now. And we know in the natural, no matter who wins, peace will be threatened in our nation. Bioengineered food labels on your Hellman's mayonnaise. But thank God for the FDA. We can trust them and we know it's probably <laughs> bioengineered. Have you paid attention to how many simple foods and we know foods designed to lower a male's testosterone levels. And our bodies are changing because of these bioengineered food labels and chemicals. And it makes you want to say, wait, what? Even if people look at you like you are a conspiracy nuthead. World War III, brothers and sisters, is happening. It's just a different kind of war. Direct energy weapons. You know, this is the stuff that we're dealing with, and I know it can marginalize a pastor, but I will stand before the Lord if I know the truth and act like and preach like I don't know the truth, I will answer to the Lord. But if we preach the truth, and so... If we preach the truth, the people of God will live and not die. The people of God will have understanding and we won't walk around like zombies. Are y'all out? So we, we get real like the woman at the well so that we can get God's perspective for this hour because his word addresses this hour. Three quick cheat codes. Number one, you need to always remember Jesus came to give you life abundantly. Real life freedom. That's what Jesus came. And he comes even now in the midst of this atmosphere and gives just as much life, abundant life, freedom as he ever has. Can I get a witness? And the abundant life I know it's, it's such a worn out phrase, it's churchy. But imagine a life that's just free, free from bondage, free from guilt, free from shame, free from regret, free from distraction, free from the curse of what your stepdad or a coach or a judge said, free from the wound of two divorces, free from abortion, free from the things that Satan would use to hinder you, limit you, distract you, overwhelm you. Jesus came into your world to give you life, real life, abundant life, free life. And when he told us that's why he came, he juxtaposed it. He said in John 10, 10, Satan came to steal, kill, and destroy. Steal the promise on your life, kill the dream about the promise of your life, 
and destroy your life. That's why Satan came. And the only way you can find life is through Jesus. And that's why he said Satan came to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that you might have life and have it to the full. Hallelujah. Jesus, we talked about this last week. People are dying to live. Kids, Banks is telling me, young adults, they've heard so much, forgive me, crap, that they're going, these new sexual mores, these new, we know better than that. And we, drugs and alcohol and illicit sex and all the stuff we've all experimented with, it didn't bring us life. Jesus is the only, I, I can't even believe I'm saying what I'm saying. You're like, you studied all week and that's all you got. That's it. <laughs> but he did. And I have a life. Do you have a life? Like, I'm not all that. But I'm not what I used to be, and I'm not a victim, and I'm not a poor old little pastor in the South. I'm a, I'm a son of the Most High God. I, and so are, you're a son or daughter. Jesus came. You know, pinch yourself. Make sure it's you, not your neighbor, but are you alive? Are you, is there anything limiting you, distracting you? Is there any, is there a recurring thought of regret is, it, is there anything that keeps you from having the mind of Christ? Is there anything that limits you? Jesus came to take that limitation off, that bondage, that stronghold off. And I declare in this room, in the name of Jesus, people who may have carried stuff for two decades, three decades, in the name of Jesus, you ever seen a 67, 72-year-old person get saved to the bone? In the name of Jesus, anything that's limited, we declare, Satan, you are a liar, the father of all lies. And today we declare freedom in the house of God because the truth of God is going forward in a place where the spirit of God is illuminating and empowering people to walk in freedom. Come on, somebody, say amen. Secondly, second cheat code, pro tip, Holy Spirit fullness leads to truth. That's the Holy Spirit's job. Jesus said it. He will remind you of what I've said. He will illuminate it. He will be your paraclete counselor, your personal one-on-one. -on -one. He'll help you get understanding. And hear me, this morning, your relationship to the truth will tell the story of your life. John 15, Jesus said, but I will send the advocate. And that's the, he's speaking right here of the Holy Spirit. What did he call the advocate? What did he call the Holy Spirit? The spirit of truth. He will come to you from the Father and will testify about me. John 16, he says it again. When the spirit of truth comes, everybody say spirit of truth. He will guide you into all truth. And look right here. And he will declare to you the things that are to come. How many of you are thankful that you get to see the preview before it gets here? Because the Holy Spirit is helping us to walk in the moment, in the now, with discernment. Anybody picking up what I'm putting down? How many of you know your pastor's not up here talking hocus pocus for stuff that are super spiritually mature and a little bit weird? That this is what the Holy Spirit does. He will redirect. He'll, he'll block a road and say, you're going to have to take this detour. And you're like, why? And then you get on and you realize, oh, that's the greatest detour I've ever taken. That's how he works. How many of you are thankful for the right now personability of how that the Holy Spirit is the most personal force, most practical force in the universe? God's speaking to some people right now. There's some things you wanted you didn't get. Because God has something for you that you're going to want a whole lot more than what you used to want, what you used to want. He's that kind of father. Glory to his name. Now, Holy Spirit fullness leads to truth. There's two obstacles that we have to really 
get and arrive at truth. One is we have a fixed mindset. Francis Chan said this, whenever I read the Bible and come across something I disagree with, I have to assume that I am wrong. <laughs> the problem is some people read the Bible and they think God's wrong. Some people come to this church thinking, I think I know what they're about. And you label us and me. And the first Sunday we preach something that doesn't line up with your doctrine perfectly. You're out. You don't even call or question or say goodbye or say, could I talk to you about it? Because your, your theology is airtight. It's buttoned up. And you don't have anything else to learn. And you have a fixed mindset. Am I talking about people who used to be here or you're still here? <laughs> this is how we do in the American church. We're just not, we're an old ball glove that needs some oil on it. We're an old wineskin. And we limit ourselves by that. First thing is, look at the fixed mindset and the growth mindset. Growth mindset is what God wants us. A fixed mindset is safe. It's we avoid risk. We, we don't like constructive criticism. Failure is final. And many people have a fixed mindset. When God wants us to have a growth mindset where we go, that failure is not final. That's, a, that's probably going to be my greatest lesson that tees it up for me to be what God wants me to be. We get out of the boat. We swing for the fence. We believe God for the impossible. We have a growth mindset. Are y'all out there? And in Thursday morning, we talked about this with our men, the men's discipleship group. And I said, how many of you would say you're more toward a, mix, a, a fixed mindset? And about half the men raised their hand. I said, how many would say you're probably more toward growth mindset? And about 25% of them raised their hand. And I'm like, what about the rest of you all? And they're like, I'm growth mindset until I get to a certain level. And then I'm a fixed mindset. It's how we are. We want to be in control. We, we, we believe in miracles. We just don't want to be in a position where we need one. And that's what a fixed mindset is all about. And so the first thing as we talk about Holy Spirit fullness, cheat code, reveals truth to you. And the first thing we've got to overcome is a fixed, narrow mindset. The second thing, are y'all ready for this? The second thing is we have to overcome the spirit of the world. The world that conditions us. The world that makes you think contrary to the way God wants you to think. First John chapter 2 in the message, it says this. Don't love the world's ways. Don't love the world's goods. Love of the world squeezes out love for the Father. Practically everything that goes on in the world. Here, and he mentions three things. These are three things that Jesus was tempted with in Matthew 4 and in Genesis 3 that Adam and Eve were tempted with. Tempted, the spirit of the world is wanting your own way, wanting everything for yourself, wanting to appear important or powerful. And that has nothing to do with the Father. It just isolates you from Him. The world and all it's wanting, wanting, wanting is on the way out. That's passing. It's going to pass away. But whoever does what God wants is set for eternity. Everybody listen closely. I know this sounds like your grandpa, your grandma, or your, the church your parents grew up in. This, that's what this preaching sounds like. But the, of all the places where the spirit of the world is rich, and deceptive. North Atlanta, you know, where, where is the spirit? Where is it personified? At the Grammys? Red carpet? The Academy? Spirit of the world. I told the first service, when I pray for my children for the last 30 years, one of the, uh, there's 12 things I pray for. One of the first things I pray is, Lord, Deliver them from the spirit of the world, knowing they're going to have to, at some point, recognize that's the spirit of the world. 
Are y'all out there? The spirit of the world says, I want enough to satisfy my flesh. So I'm going to need some money. And if I have that, I'll have looks and power. And as I get older, I got enough money to not lose my power because I can pay somebody to make me not look old. Don't just look straight ahead. Don't look to your right or your left. They were all here at the nine o'clock service. But I'm telling you the truth. And we think, well, Pastor, we can keep a foot in both worlds. That's not what the Bible says. And for the Holy Spirit fullness to reveal truth to you. Even right now, some of us are battling do I want Jesus to come back or Trump back in the White House? You don't have to answer out loud. I, it could get messy up in you, but you know what I'm saying. And this, the spirit of the world, Trump, we get who we want politically. I think the Lord is taking us beyond. This thing is prolonged. We're three, four years into it now. And God is trying to get us really kingdom-minded. And, and he can't do in this hour what he wants to do if we're trusting an earthly kingdom more than a heavenly kingdom. Amen? And I'm not saying, I'm not saying don't vote biblically or responsibly. Everybody understand what I'm saying? There, we have bigger fish to fry than the White House. The White House cannot fix what we're dealing with a strong delusion that's been unleashed in the earth. Anybody picking up what I'm putting down? And so what do we need? Holy Spirit, fullness. And I know some people look at me like I got two heads still in this church when I talk about the Holy Spirit. I'm telling you, you're not, we're not a church if he's not here empowering us. We're like a well-meaning HOA group. Seriously. That gets on your nerves when they don't want you to park your car on the street, you know, just legalistic, you know. Seriously, that's how some churches, that's, that's where it is. But when God breathes upon us, the Ruach comes. This is why Paul said, no eye has seen, no ears. Do you know what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 2 after that? He said, no eye has seen, no ears. It hadn't even entered into your heart what God has prepared. But he has revealed it to us by his spirit. Then he goes on, listen. He says, nobody knows a man like his spirit. Like there's things I think about. If you knew I thought about them, you'd be like, I love her and we're pretty close and intimate and we trust each other. But she doesn't know me like my spirit knows me. And Paul says, no one knows God except his spirit. And he put him in you. <laughs> Do you how many of you say, get, I mean, just really, Lord, give us, give us more of you, Lord. And in Romans 8, he talks about, that's how you know the glory of God. Because his spirit, his spirit. We get to know God's dreams, his heart, his truth. Holy Spirit fullness. I, I could park right here and break this down. But I just got, no eye has seen, no ear has heard. No, it hadn't even entered into your heart, in your flesh. But God puts his spirit in you to call you to another supernatural level of living. How many say, I want to go there. I want to go there. Praise your name, Jesus. Now, closing out cheat code number two. When we talk about the Holy Spirit, I hadn't seen this until the last week or 10 days. In Revelation 3, Jesus is speaking to John. And in Revelation 2 and 3, he teaches about the seven churches. And you remember at Ephesus, he says, you've lost your first love. Laodicea, you're lukewarm, and, and on and on. And everybody listen. 
So this is Jesus speaking. This is him giving the sermon. It's the word. Does it get any better than that? And at the end of each letter, seven times he says, he who has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the church. Wait, Jesus, we just heard you say it. And Jesus, it goes, earlier he says, the Holy Spirit doesn't even do, say anything on his own. He just confirms what the Father, what, and this is Jesus saying, I just gave you the message, but you're going to need the Holy Spirit to help you process it and put it into practice. Are y'all picking up what I'm putting in? So like right now, you're going to need the Holy Spirit. If Jesus was here teaching, he would say, if you got ears to hear, please hear what the Spirit is saying about what I'm saying. Anybody out? This is... Oh, I didn't say any of this. And this is why in Mark 4, Jesus said, a farmer went out to sow some seed and he threw some and it fell on the sidewalk and it never took root. Threw some and it was among the... Uh, rocks through some among the weeds and then through some on good soil and it grew up and produced a crop 30 60 100 fold and and the disciples had ears to hear but they didn't have the holy spirit yet and so they pulled him aside and said after it was over he said what 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 does that mean and he says the sower through the word it's the seed of my word and if it falls on a stony heart it just, boop, can't do anything. If it falls among the rocks, it germinates. But when persecution comes, it, it loses its root. And some fell, and it grew, but it grew. It was hanging out too close to a bunch of knuckleheads, and it grew up with weeds. Seriously. And so there wasn't enough nutrients for the weeds and the seed to grow in their heart. And so the spirit of the world, that's what he's referring to, took over. And, 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 and the seed couldn't survive. And then he said, but some, are y'all are knowing where I'm going? This is why we have to, even out here in the suburbs, in sophisticated Alpharetta, we have to talk about the spirit of the world so that we can say, oh God, make my heart good soil, Lord. I want your word to lodge deep down in my heart and so that it can grow up and produce a crop, not twofold, 30-fold, 60-fold. Everybody hear me. He's not getting here. It's not wishful thinking. When Jesus says it can grow up and produce a crop, 30 times what was planted, 60 times what was planted. This is the power of the word I'm talking about. This is why we need the office of the prophet to preach the word and not entertain the Christians. We need some hundredfold congregations where the word is taking root. Come on, if you're going to praise him, praise him like, oh God, give us a good, soft, supple, tender heart to receive your word, Lord. Lastly, number three, cheat code, pro tip. Truthfulness leads to freedom. Your relationship with truth will tell the story of your life or lack of life. If you love truth, delight in the word, you will enjoy a, an abundant life. Jesus said, these are well-known, worn-out verses. John 8, 32 and 36. 8, 32, you will know the truth and the truth itself will set you free. Come on, somebody. And he whom the Son sets free will be free for real. Free indeed. Matthew 4, 4, he answered, it is written, man does not live on bread alone, but man lives on every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Do you know Jesus is quoting from Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 3, when Moses said, how are we going to make it through this 40-year journey in the wilderness? We're not going to live being tough and smart. We're going to have to learn to hear what God tells us to do every day. And Jesus quotes and tells Satan, I could turn those rocks into bread, but that won't satisfy. That's not how I stay alive. He told the disciples one time, I have food that you know not of. Am I going too deep or are y'all still out there? Um, 
This, this is truthfulness leads to freedom. It also gets you through the wilderness into the place of promise. Matthew 7, 24, Jesus said, He who hears these words of mine puts them into practice will be like the wise man who built his house on the rock. When the storms, when the rain fell, not if, when the flood rose and the winds blew, his house stood because it was built on the rock. The foolish man heard the same sermon. He just didn't delight in it, didn't put it into practice. He built his house down on 30A at the beach, and when the storm came, it did not stand. How many of you are thankful? Yours is up here in Alpharetta on the rock and down on 30A. Come on, somebody. Some of y'all are sitting there going, wait, I got one down there too. Well, you better make sure doubly that you were built on the rock. Hear it and put it into practice. Let the pastor staff use it once a, a year, one week a year. Pay tithe on that thing. Come on, can I get a witness? I'm just teasing. <laughs> Lastly, my mother's favorite chapter, Psalm 1. Receive this when we talk about how do you not get caught up in the powerful delusion? You love the word. You love the truth. Psalm 1 says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on it he, he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf shall not wither, and whatever he does will prosper. I'm closing right here with this, and we're going to pray for some people. Everybody look right here. You've, you've heard that. You've, you've read that. But what does that mean? path of the ungodly sit with the scornful in the way of sinners knuckleheads the wise man blessed is the man who doesn't get who never gets on the same path of ungodly people he doesn't sit with all the fleshly christians complaining about the president who's grown more sarcastic and cynical than spiritual and faithful in prayer. Whew. Talking to somebody, coming in hot for a landing. This is us. But they delight in the law of the Lord and meditate on it day and night. I was in 10th grade, you've heard my story. This book changed my life and it's still changing my life. This book changed our church. This book, preaching this book, built this crowd. This book caused us to make it through COVID and not lose anybody. This book caused us to know when to open up. This book caused us to hear the voice of the Lord when the voices of the spirit of this world said something different. This book right here has preserved us and it will preserve us. This book right here is what we're meditating on day and night. And our leaf is not going to wither. And whatever we do, we're going to prosper because we're people of the word. Are y'all out there? Stand with me. And I want to pray for you in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit is pricking some of you, your heart, your conscience right now. There's a verse or a point. There's a cheat code or a pro tip. And the Holy Spirit, a light went off in your heart. And I want to ask elders and staff and wives, small group leaders, people who know how to pray, our prayer team, I want you to come forward. And we're going to pray a prayer of covering and breakthrough over people. If you're here today and you've heard what I've said and the Holy Spirit is speaking to you, I want you to step out. From the balcony, from on the main floor, don't take that burden home with you. Come right now and, and receive prayer to get that stronghold broken off of you. Come right now in the name of Jesus as they begin to sing in Jesus' name. God bless you as you come. We honor you, Lord. You need healing. In the name of Jesus, step out. Creation cries, holy. Thank you, Lord.
Come lay it down. Get some closure on that situation. You will always be holy, holy forever. In the name of Jesus. Your name is yes, Lord. Father, in the Your name of Jesus, I pray breakthrough, openness. Your service I want us to pray over our children just pray a specific there's a grace on this church to raise world changers difference makers how many of you remember the sermon series Goshen living in the same place but a different blessing than the rest of the world how many of you want to pray a prayer of protection over our children their minds, their spirits, their hearts, their bodies, in the name of Jesus. Come on, in the name of Jesus. You know, and th there are young men and women at the well. I just saw Blake down here earlier. You may have seen his testimony on, the, on social media. There's a stirring. It's good to see the well taking up three or four rows, our young adults on Sunday morning in the, on the main floor. It's good to see 
hundreds of kids out in the gym on Wednesday nights. It's special. And in the name of Jesus, may God protect and cover our homes. Father, we, we thank you. The world can do what the world's always going to do, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We are families that want to build our families, our marriages on the rock, the truth of your word. We want our homes to be sanctuaries where you can rest. We want our homes to be places of faith and promise where your glory resides. And I pray, Lord, fill men with your spirit, husbands with your spirit. Fill mommies, women, wives with your spirit. Fill our homes with the weight of your presence that we would sense that our children would be conditioned by your presence in our living rooms, bedrooms, dining rooms, kitchens, cul-de-sacs, in the name of Jesus. As if in the summer, when our AC goes out, it gets noticed. If your presence is ever lifted, may our children go, something's not right. This isn't comfortable. We pray that you would condition our homes with your presence. Let worship music be played all hours of the day that honors you and welcomes you, Lord. And I pray that you would protect our children from the spirit of the world, that they would recognize it even in early ages. That's appealing to my flesh, to my eyes, to my emotions. But I choose to be filled with the Holy Spirit so that I can be drawn to the things of the Lord in the name of Jesus. We declare our homes, we will serve the Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Can you make that commitment with me? Moms, dads, grandparents, we declare for us in our homes, our families, we will serve the Lord. Amen. Amen. So brothers and sisters, from Numbers chapter 6, I declare, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you. Be gracious unto you. May he lift his countenance up on you and give you peace. How many of you receive that promise from the Lord? Not from me, but from the Lord, from his word, in the name of Jesus. As you go out, don't let that seed get uprooted. As you go out, I declare this week, there'll be 50 or 60 people in this service God's going to surprise you with his blessing, his favor. There's going to be some surprise moments with the Lord in the name of Jesus. You can sit here and go, we'll see. Well, you won't be one of the 50 or 60. Or you can say, Lord, I'm, I'm going to be in that number. And your expectation, your faith rises up and says, Lord, I'm going to protect that seed that went down in my heart. Are y'all out there? So I declare, you're blessed. You know, we're hearing stories. People who don't even come to our church telling people you should come to our church because they know somebody who does. May you be marked all over North Atlanta. And people go, you, you go to Restoration Church, don't you? How'd you know? Because I just smell the oil on you. There's an anointing on you. That's possible. Y'all know that? Did you see Nick Saban last night? You could have not even had the volume up. You could have looked at him. You're going, Nick, you are losing, aren't you? May we have a countenance that says, we always win. We're, we're the people of God. No matter what happens in the earth, I want to be a crazy pastor for Jesus. You know what I'm saying? A wait, what pastor for Jesus? I've already said the blessing over you once. You're going to get a double portion today. The Lord bless you, keep you, make his face shine upon you, be gracious unto you. May he lift his countenance upon you and give you peace. In Jesus' name. Say it again. I got it. I receive it in Jesus' name. Truly, go have a great week, a good afternoon. We love you.